0: The arsonist had oddly shaped feet. The human torch was denied a bank loan.
1: Is this like Sally found seashells by yeah, that's the seashore? What,
0: on man, that's what he does. That's okay, what he says. The arsonist had oddly shaped feet. <laughs> the human torch was denied a bank loan. This will be fun. This is The Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders our pastors would kill to have on the team.
1: Well, welcome back to season two of The Leading Second Podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart. So honored Uh, That you're here today, that you found this space. If you have a heart and want to get it right for your team, want to get it right for your pastor, regardless of your role, regardless of your place on the team, then we created this space for you. So welcome to Leading Second. So glad you're here today. Have you ever been in a position where you had to obey God even when it went against your natural instincts? Or have you ever had questions as you attempted to navigate the call of God in your life? If so, today's episode is for you. I'm excited to bring back to the podcast one of our favorite and frequent guests, Pastor Joshua Bingle from Spokane, Washington. You're gonna love today's episode. I pray that it really helps you. Today, I'm excited for you to hear from another tribe member in a segment we call our I Am Leading Second Stories. So let's check out what God is doing in the life of another leading second leader.
0: My name is Josiah Booker, and I get to lead second as a staff pastor at Storyside Church in Belleville, Ohio. Leading from the second chair at my church and serving the vision of my lead pastor's Micah, and Angel has been one of the greatest decisions I've made in ministry. They are the most dynamic and visionary leaders I know, and I am blessed to be a part of their world. I've had the opportunity to grow exponentially under their leadership, benefit from their advice, and experience opportunities because of their influence. I've been entrusted with a vision that God has placed in their hearts and will protect it, nurture it, and push it forward. I'm Josiah Booker, and I am Leading Second.
1: If you'd like to share your I am Leading Second story, I want to encourage you to connect with us on leadingsecond.com or on the Leading Second forum on Facebook. We would absolutely love to hear from you. We love hearing from our tribes. So share your story. And ask a question. All right. Well, I'm excited to bring to you today my interview and conversation with Pastor Joshua Bingle. He's a regular around here on the podcast, but I don't want him to go without honor. Uh, Josh is the lead pastor of Genesis Church in Spokane, Washington. He and his wife, Carly, are incredible friends to Leading Second and to Lindsay and I and have such a unique voice and perspective. You're going to love this conversation today. So here it is without further ado, my conversation with Joshua Bingle. Well, Josh, thanks for jumping on the Leading Second Podcast with us today. How are you doing? Good, man. My friend. Ready to rock. Dude, I just have to say, welcome back to season two. Thanks. You were our most frequent guest on season one. And
0: uh, you didn't kill off my character. I made it back for season two. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did. And
1: um, I've always had this dream. I think we're going to do it later in the season, but okay. I've always had this dream to put together like a panel, like my version of the view. <laughs> and I don't know who you are. I'll be the Joy Behar. Well, why not Whoopi?
0: Well, cause everybody wants to be Whoopi.
1: Yeah, well, I was giving you like a really good one. Though. Oh, thanks. I'll be Whoopi. You want to be the, <laughs> anyways, we should... <laughs> we should move on. Okay. But, uh, but well, So you're going to be like one of my re just recurring faces on the podcast so whether you like it or not you're here i'm in and we're actually sitting here like i can like gaze into your eyes today you're here in tacoma we did
0: another face-to-face in we, spokane last we time.
1: did but uh why are you here in tacoma today
0: preaching at one big night come on somebody. champion center youth come on denim night i got my alabama tuxedo with me let's go <laughs>
1: i thought it was canadian tuxedo
0: Cabe told me it's alabama tuxedo when you go the denim shirt with it oh mm.
1: very interesting
0: Yep. Well,
1: um, since we're not serious at all, I did want to ask you some life-changing questions today before we get started uh, with our interview today. So I like to ask every every influencer we talk to on the podcast these questions, so you have to answer them whether okay. you like them or not. Uh, first question for you is, uh, what time do you get up in the morning? Are you an early riser or a night owl?
0: Uh, early riser, but it's not fair because we have young kids.
1: So that's not entirely accurate
0: no i actually do like waking up better in the morning i do too for that's my power band before i have to deal with humans i get a lot of work done
1: i agree okay uh second question what's your coffee order when you're walking into a coffee shop
0: black coffee no room that's all you got that's it so boring i know man i'm a (laughs) northwest guy we're bougie coffee just let me taste the coffee
1: oh come on somebody (laughs) okay uh third question apple or pc
0: apple god well, not everyone is like that. Okay? I love you PC people, but we're, we'll are we have an altar call at the end of the podcast.
1: <laughs> I love it. Uh, what does Josh do on his days off?
0: Uh, spend time with the family. If it is uh, during the spring or summer, your boy's playing golf. Um, but yeah, just kind of relax. Try to date my wife.
1: Love it. And last question. I asked you this last time, so you have to pick a different answer. Uh, what is something interesting about you that very few people would know?
0: Um, I have a very particular pattern of numbers running through my head <laughs> 24-7. Like probably some low-grade sch- schizophrenia stuff.
1: The pattern of numbers is what?
0: 12, 15, 18, 21, 30, 33, 36, 39, 48, 51, 54, <laughs> 57, 66, 69, 72, 75, so, 84, 87, just
1: to be clear, this is the same pattern that runs through your mind constantly. Yeah.
0: I don't even recognize it anymore until I also chew according to that pattern. Like I'll chew on the right side of my mouth, left side of my mouth, right side. And then Carly would be like, what are you chewing? Carly's my wife. You're chewing weird. I'm like, Oh, remember the pattern? She's like, all right, you're a crazy person. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, I'm just going to leave that there.
0: <laughs> Where do we go from there? Cue the band. Let's go. So today uh, we
1: wanted to have a conversation. Uh, in all seriousness, we did want to have a conversation. Yeah. Uh, I respect you as a leader. Hmm. Respect you as a pastor. Um, You're longtime friend of Champion Center Team Church, leading second, Brandon and Lindsey Stewart. Wow. So we just love you a lot. Um, what I thought we could do today is talk about navigating God's call. Mm. On our lives. This is when we ever do an episode on something like this or ask a question on our Facebook forum or anything like that. This is always one of the most commented on Mm. uh, subjects that we do. So I figured we could talk about it. Uh, As I go through my Instagram, you know, my stories on a daily basis, I feel like I see an overwhelming amount of young leaders who are trying to navigate God's call. Sure. So just the, the, All the dynamics of that. What's God calling me to do? You know, is now the right time to do it. Uh, What if my pastor isn't supportive? What if my pastor is not on Mm. board with that? And I will say, Lindsay and I have walked through this in our own way. Uh, I'm very ambitious. I I want to make a mark. I want to make a difference for the kingdom of God. I want the church to be fundamentally different because I existed. So like, I'm all there with ambition. I think it's the wrong message to kill ambition. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm but like all there just to validate leaders wanting to navigate God's call in their life. But I also feel like we're in a culture that has so many mixed messages on this. So just to set up this conversation, I was listening to a TED talk last night when I was driving home and the speaker said this, she said, go after what you really want by any means necessary. Mm. Now, in fairness to this speaker, uh, what, she was referring to overcoming lethargy and average and all that, sure. and so she was she was saying the right thing in the context of her of her TED talk. Yeah. So I get the sentiment, but I think that people take that to an extreme by any means necessary, right. and they think if God called me to do it now, must be the time. Or right, yeah. if if God called me to do it, like I'm supposed to do it now. So I just wanted to like talk out of that frame of reference today for any. Young leaders that are listening, and and for reference to, we also want to reference um, Pastor Kevin's book, uh, The Proving Ground, 2.0, which Required I know we did last reading. time yeah. uh, when when I was when you were with us on season one. We talked about being an unoffendable leader. Today's test in the proving ground we want to talk about is the lordship test. And for mm-hmm. definition, for everybody listening, the lordship test, uh, the definition is this test occurs when you are in a position or situation. Where you must choose to obey God over your personal preference and natural instincts. Wow. Obey God over your personal preference and natural instincts. So, Josh, get get us started for a little bit today and tell me your thoughts on this. I feel like we have two voices in our world. Yeah. Voice number one is follow your dreams, follow your passions, do anything it takes to accomplish <laughs> your dreams, you yeah. know. And then voice number two that I hear. Is be planted in the church, mm-hmm. be faithful, submit to your pastor, honor their authority. You know that, that right. voice over there. Have you noticed that tension? And um, what would you say about it?
0: Yeah, I I have noticed that tension, and I think it becomes a tension when you make those two things a dichotomy. Um, right. To use Pastor Kevin's language, I think that's a dumb dichotomy. I think the healthiest people that I've seen, because I've seen people get out of line both ways, people who used, oh, I'm just going to be planted and be faithful as an excuse because they were afraid to step out and do what God asked them to do. Right. And I've seen people use the other one, I've just got to follow my passion and follow my dream because they were insubordinate and unsubmitted and they they got out of line. And so I've seen both of those things, both of those ditches at work. And I love Dick Iverson said for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch. And so, you know, we're trying to find the middle. We're trying to live in the... Because there's definitely a tension. Like, to just sit here at this table and be like, oh, there's no... You can just find a sweet spot. Like, that will always be a measure of tension that requires humility and submission. Um, But I think the healthiest people have the ability to see that that those things are working together.
1: See, for me this really comes down to a purpose question, right? What What is the purpose of God for my life? So like if we were to go one layer under what you were just saying, I think this really comes down to a purpose question. Am I supposed to do more, accomplish more, accomplish everything? Is that really the purpose of God for my life? I actually am not sure that is. I believe in having... A healthy amount of ambition and drive and all that, but what if that's not the finish line of mm-hmm. our faith? What if the finish line, as Jesus put it, is hearing "Well done, my good and faithful servant." Mm-hmm. So, what if the will of God and the purpose of God for our lives isn't doing more? What if it's doing everything Jesus asks us to right. do? Yeah, but that's different. Sometimes mm-hmm. would you agree? Yeah, that, that, that those are two different things. Yeah,
0: it makes me think of Joshua three. Um, where God tells Joshua to instruct the nation of Israel to go into the promised land. And he says, go find 12 faithful men, one from each tribe of Israel, um, and have them lay hold of the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant will go ahead and it will lead you. And when you get to the Jordan, step foot into the water. It's gonna, the water is going to dry up. You'll be able to walk across. So it took those 12 faithful people to do what this first question is do whatever it takes to accomplish it. They literally show up to the Jordan River and it's flooding. Right. Like it's at flood stage. And God never yep. said anything about flooding yep. at all. He was just like, go. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. They get there, it's flooded. So that takes that that kind of person to be like, well, we're stepping into the water anyway.
1: You also have to think there's probably PTSD here because they've been there with the Red Sea Red before. Sea. You know, and yep. and you know, my God, we're here again, and it's going to take a lot for us to even step in there. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot going into yeah. them even stepping now. They've got to have ambition right. and drive, and
0: yeah, and they do, and they get there. And they they the minute their ankles touch the water, we see that the the water rolls back. And if you look at it on a map, it's 18 miles worth of river that dries up. Like it's an insane amount. Of, it's just God doing this amazing miracle, but then. Scripture says in Joshua 3 at the end of it I believe it's verse 17 that those men holding the Ark of the Covenant, they stopped and they stood firm. Mm. And so to me that's it's the it's the discernment to know when to go and when to be planted, right when to run out ahead and when to stop and man your post exactly because at that point, if they would not have stopped, like to continue to advance, we would value that in our culture like, They were out front, and since I was out front, I'm always going to be out front. Keep going, and but for them to have kept going would not have been faith. It would have been disobedience. It would have been dereliction of duty. It would have they would have been a wall. They would have walked off the job. That there was a season for them when it was run out and go out and be out front, and then they got to the place where God said, now stop and stand still and hold your ground and man your post and be faithful. And the word um, stood connotes like firm knees. Like, like you you stand in the place where God has called you, and then you have firm knees to not be pushed off of the purpose of God, regardless of what opportunity may come, what circumstance may come. You stand firm and hold your ground. Other other places in scripture, that word is translated as pillar. And we undervalue mm-hmm. pillars um, in the church. We, we like to be out front. We like to be on top of the skyscraper, as it were. Nobody, only weirdos, walk around in New York city and are like looking at the skyscrapers like, man, this is some really great concrete foundation. <laughs> How cool is that? Um, but to me, that's both of these things being at work and it requires discernment and, and the Holy spirit at work in you listening to the voice of God, because maybe there was a season where you were running out front and now it's a season where you're planted and you're firm and you're, you're not going ahead and in about that passage of scripture, the entire nation of Israel passes into the promised land ahead of those guys. Like everybody else gets to the promise first, so the guys who had the faith to step into the river and they could have been like, "Well, how come they're getting into the promise because they weren't the ones who had the guts to step into the flood and they weren't the ones who had the guts to lay hold of God's promise?" And but they didn't. They just stood firm, and I, so that's to me that's a discernment question. So maybe the first big thought
1: that we could give to a leader listening today, and I think order matters on this. So I'm saying first thought because I believe first things have to come first. Mm. So I think the first thought that I would offer to any young leader listening today is this, the primary purpose of God in your life is to love what he loves and do what he does, which he loves his church and he is building his church. Mm -hmm. So therefore, the primary purpose of God over, over any of it Mm-hmm. Is to first of all do anything that builds His church. Yeah. In other words, you know, He's the the primary purpose purpose of God is not to build our own individual ministries mm-hmm. and our empires. And I really believe sometimes God could care less about that right stuff. He He is after His. He is returning for His bride. Yeah. Uh, he is. He is. Uh, you know, given a beachhead. You know to. Uh, people, a place of rescue that He has called us to steward and build, and I, so I just think first things first, we have to recognize the primary purpose of God in our lives is to be church builders. And in the context of leading second, I actually really just believe that's enough, that at the end of the day, we have to have that big rock right before we answer any additional questions yep. about personal ambition. We have to have the big mm-hmm. thing right. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, totally. And and if I I want to speak to the people maybe listening who you feel like other people are passing you by and other people are getting promotions you should have had and you've been here longer and, you've, and you just kind of feel like you're standing still and everybody else is progressing, that maybe standing still is exactly where God has you right now. Being a pillar, holding back those floodwaters like happened in Joshua 3. Um, so that other people can be stepping into promise like do please do not undervalue the importance of pillars in God's house and the kingdom of God that word where where the those 12 men stood is often translated like I said earlier as pillar and so maybe you feel like other people are passing you by like the nation of Israel walked right by them on dry ground and they got to the promise first and they were taking selfies in the promised land and and they, like, before they ever got there. Um, but none of it would have been possible without those pillars, without the people who were willing to, the ones who were at one, at one time out front, and then were willing to stand and hold back the floodwaters yes. as pillars in, in God's house. Um, you are paving the way for the miracles of so many people that you don't even see. And so I just want to encourage you who may feel like things are passing you by, and um, be faithful. In your post. Stand firm where God has asked you to be and don't chase the, the counterfeit progress um, that maybe is there for you. Just yeah. value being a pillar.
1: I felt on this episode, one thing I wanted to do was actually share a little bit about a conversation I had with my pastor, yeah. uh, Pastor Kevin Gerald, when we were getting ready to launch Leading Second. I thought maybe this would be an illustration just to kind of prove this point. Um, So for context, uh, this last summer, so at the time of this recording, I guess I'm 17 and a half years into full-time ministry, basically my entire adult life post-Bible school. Mm -hmm. And so the first decade of that was spent on church staff. And, um, I loved it. It was, it was all I ever wanted. In fact, I, I even in some ways, reluctantly moved off of staff just because I I loved it so much. It was, it was truly the dream in our heart to be on the team. And that's a whole story for another day. But for the last seven uh, years, God has given us the opportunity to represent our church and our pastor, Mm -hmm. um, around the nation uh, and around the world. Um, and we're, Extremely grateful for that. Um, of course, I, th- I don't think. I think one thing I'd want people to know too is that the only reason we even do that is because my pastor has a heart to equip the greater church, yeah. and so by us being out there and anytime I Instagram a plane wing shot, like headed somewhere, it's not because I'm trying to build my own thing. My right. pastor has the greater church in his heart and so every time yeah. i get on a plane i'm still actually just working out our church's vision wow. it's just in a different context and it's it's never been anything different than mm. that so anyways all that being said god started stirring on our hearts let's see you know a year year and a half ago to launch leading second actually no almost 2 years ago mm. and um launch leading second and um what i for context i had come off of a fast and I had very specifically heard from God of what I was supposed to do. And then that Sunday at a church, I very specifically had a woman come up to me who does not know me from Adam. She was a leader in this church, and she spoke an extremely detailed and and uh, profound prophetic word over mm. my life. She nailed where I was at, and she said to me, the thing that's in your heart, God wants me to tell you he's with you, and start today. Mm. She said, I actually see you standing somewhere. And she named a time and a day. and she said, it will be because you started today. Mm. And so I had this very real, I'm just saying that for context. Yeah. I had this very real mandate and that doesn't happen. It hardly ever happened to me in my sure. entire life, yeah. but this very real mandate of go and do something and do it now. Yeah. So I walked out of there. Of course I processed probably for a month, month and a half, prayed it through, really felt the hand of God with us. But I knew before I did one thing, my first conversation was with my pastor. Mm. I didn't want to do anything outside of his blessing, outside of his covering. In other words, I didn't want him to just tolerate what God was calling me to do. I didn't want him to just kind of let me have a go but not really be with me. I wanted him to to feel as if it was just another extension of Mm. our vision. And Mm. so due to schedule, we couldn't meet in person, so we set up a Zoom meeting, a Zoom call, and um, I got on there, and it was an hour and a half meeting. I s- shared my vision. He asked questions, and yeah. I told him. So this is, keep in mind, prophetic word. Start yeah. now. And the word said, go now. All of it. Yeah. All of it. Right. I looked at him on that call, and I said, I want you to know unequivocally, if you are not with this, and mm-hmm. you do not think this is for me, or this is the time, I will lay it down. Wow. And I have to admit, I know my pastor so well. I was nervous going into that call because I, I just I, I felt so strongly about this thing I yeah. could not shake it. This was bigger than life for us, and um, but I was willing to lay it down because the Lordship test. Do yeah. I believe, like, do I trust God over my natural instincts? My natural instincts were to go, go right. now, do the thing. But do I trust God that if I honor my pastor, God will bring this thing to pass in the timing? You know, in the thing that and so my pastor asked me some questions and then he looked at me and he he answered my question. He said, I'm with you. He said, I, I see this for you. Mm. Um, I see this as being an extension. I trust you. And so go do it. Mm. And in the weeks to follow, we would see financial miracles, wow. legitimate miracles happen. We would see confirmation time and time again. And then probably nine months after that, we stood on a stage in a venue in Houston launching leading second and my pastor got up there that night and he said this is our vision we're with this wow. you know we're, we're we're covering this and it was everything i had dreamed it to be it was the call of god with my pastor's right. blessing it was like the the full circle moment i'm just saying it so that everybody has context i wouldn't have had that right. had i not passed the lordship test had i not been willing yeah. to navigate this this idea that that um, it's about me being planted and being ambitious simultaneously yeah. and living in the brutiful, Ed Young's word, yes. brutiful tension of right the middle of those two things. I
0: hope, if you're listening, I hope what you just heard was both of those voices that we started with at work at the same time. That's a perfect example of them at work at the same time. The first voice being, Follow your passion. Follow your dream. Do whatever it takes. The second one being be planted, be faithful, submit and honor. That the word that Brandon just described said start now. And often I think we would run out and we would go totally start a ministry. You started, but you started with a conversation, yep, with your pastor. And so it wasn't holding anything back. It was it was just starting at the right place. It was starting in a place of honor. And so you weren't dragging your feet with it at all. Like I hope what I hope what you're not hearing is that one trumps the other. Like yes. these work together. It's just discernment and and honor and submission that lets these things work together. Because you started immediately with Absolutely. a conversation. Absolutely. You didn't go start a ministry. You didn't start a 501c3. You didn't you just you started right. with a conversation. So you did both. I ho- I hope you hear those yep. things if you're listening at work together. Maybe that can clue you into how these things work together.
1: So I've often Thought of that, and I've often thought what what caused me to get that right because I don't. There's a lot I don't get right, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Like what what caused us to get that moment right, and and I've tried to boil that down, wow, and boil that down, and boil that down. And here's the only thing I can come to, which is my my second big thought. I think our first big thought was that our primary purpose is to build the church. Mm, Yeah, I think my second big thought, the thing that carried me through, was that. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Basically, do I trust God? Mm. If I obey, not just obey him, but obey my leader as well, Mm -hmm. do I trust God? Mm -hmm. Do I trust God that if my pastor says to lay it down and I lay it down, God can still do through me everything he wants to do through me? Do I trust God? Wow. Submission to authority actually is not a, is not as much a matter of trusting your leader as it is trusting yep, God. Yep, that's brilliant. Do, do I wow. do I trust God that that if I if I follow Him over my natural instincts that He can do it? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that yeah, that idea of obedience over sacrifice. God wasn't looking for me to work hard and kill it and slay it and preach fire and all these things that we say. Right, right, right. God was looking for my obedience. And out of the obedience came the blessing, not out of the sacrifice.
0: Yeah. I mean, that obedience over sacrifice is a big scriptural motif that even Jesus quotes. I mean, he says it literally. He's quoting the prophet Samuel. But another time Jesus asked the question, like, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Yep. Like, why are you standing here calling me Lord to my face, but you're not willing to do what I say? And
1: I'm even going to peel this podcast back even one more layer. I probably yep. shouldn't even say this. <laughs> um, but like, I'm really proud of what we're doing with leading second and all that. I, I I love this so much. but even even this very episode is based on in part inspired in part by my pastor's book. In other words, even this conversation, yep. I it's it's I spend my entire life or my entire ministry life, trying to decipher what is my pastor wanting to say right now and just finding new iterations to say that. I think a lot of people can't figure out what's the difference between Leading Second and Team Church, which, by the way, they're the same family. They're the (laughs) same thing. If you haven't figured it out, we're just doing the same thing with a different expression (laughs) because it was never about doing something else. It was always about finding my pastor's voice, finding the vision, and just trying to give new expression to the same thing. So I started out with the conversation today, but where I started was by going through his book and saying, what what can we give new expression to? So wow. the whole thing is a sham because the whole thing is just built <laughs> on him and his yeah. vision. And, and I I just continue to experience, I think, the blessing of God Yeah. because we're not out there trying to do our own thing. We're just out there further trying to extend the voice and vision of our house. Yeah. And in the process, I just feel like God, God blesses that kind of unity oh, yeah. and alignment. Mm-hmm. Do I trust God? Do I accept that his way is... Always right. I just want to remind you, if you're listening today, the definition of the lordship test. This test occurs when you are in a position or situation where you must choose to obey God over your personal preference and natural instincts. Do I trust God? Do I obey God? Really becomes a center issue. So, Josh, let me um, land the plane with you with this question: What what should a leader do? like practically speaking, if they have a dream in their heart, but in reality they know that staying planted and staying faithful is what God is asking them to do, calling them to do, that they're living in that dichotomy, like what could they practically walk away from this episode and do to navigate um, that tension?
0: I think that if you're sitting here and you're you're in a space, you're serving on a team, you're serving in a church somewhere, and, and you have a dream in your heart, I think going to your leader, going to your pastor, and just saying, hey, can can I buy you lunch? Can we have a conversation? And just spilling your guts about what's in your heart, um, saying, here's the thing that I have in my heart. You say it in a way that is honoring, is, that's in submission to the house. Brandon, I love the way that you framed even leading second of, hey, if, if this doesn't fit in, if this, if you're not seeing this for my life, then I'll lay it down. Um,
1: but dude, you don't understand. My pastor's going to fire me, yeah. but dude, you <laughs> don't understand my past, you know, like, can we just maybe get past all yeah. that? Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think God, God will honor your faithfulness in, in having that conversation there because there you may not know what God has revealed to your pastor, even for your life, and who has he's given them some insight. Um, Extremely true. That that maybe they were holding on to in their back pocket until you initiated the conversation. Um, that they may say, you know what, I've been seeing that all over your life for years, and they can give you some very practical action steps. I. Th- it's funny that I haven't been doing this for too long, uh, almost nine years now, but long enough to where I think people sometimes forget all of the things that pastors have seen come and go. And pastors have had every promise made to them and every promise broken to them. And so the fact that you bring something to your pastor of, I have this great thing I feel like God put in my heart and it's going to change the world. Man, I love that God put something in your heart that you're that passionate about. But also remember your pastor's probably heard that a hundred times. And your pastor wants that for you. Your pastor wants you to to be in the lane that God has called you to be in. And if they are a a humble church building leader, then they want to do what they can to help you get to that space, which might mean, I love that for you. You need to hang on to that for about five years. Mm -hmm. You need to hang on to that because there's some things that need to get worked out of you. And if you do that right now, it's going to kill you. And to have the humility to say, you know what? God, you planted me in this house. You put me here you gave me this leader with this discernment. Um, and so God, I'm going to honor, I'm going to honor what it is. Yep. I'm going to honor their advice. And then here's what you do. You immediately implement that advice. Yep. You will, you will show yourself to be somebody who can take uh, correction, direction, all of it. And so that's what I would say. If you got a dream in your heart,
1: it was so funny, Josh, when, um, when I was on staff at church, Um, What what brought me onto our full-time staff was my pastor asking me to lead our small groups network. And I love small groups, but what I had in my heart was I wanted to be a worship leader. Like he he, he didn't realize it, but like I was the next Joel Houston, you know, and, and he's crushing my dream because what could be more opposite of worship leading than (laughs) small groups, like big stage versus small home, you know, big crowd versus small group. I mean, it was, it was the complete opposite. Yeah and i'm i'm thinking i don't want to be in rooms of 8 to 12 people i want to be in stadiums or you know and right. in my mind it was really laying something down to to follow him in that moment but i did and and i i served my brains out with it and here's what's just so funny to me now is like right now in this season of my life in ministry i have never felt more in the pocket of what god has called me to do i have wow. never felt more in my lane i have never felt more used of god And I look back over, I just got home from a 10-day trip to Texas, and I look back over my schedule. I spent the vast majority of that week in rooms of 8 to 12 people (laughs) 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 talking strategy, talking ministry, and it makes me stop and think maybe my pastor saw something. Yeah. And I would never have seen it. Brilliant. I would never have seen that, and I would have never chose that route. And now it's like just maybe, just maybe, he saw something, God gave him intuition, and then God's blessed it because... Of that kind of obedience rather than sacrifice. Yeah. Um. Last question for you: When, how can a leader know that it's the right time to act on their dream?
0: That that's a fantastic question. That uh, if I had a silver bullet, I would give it to you. And if you find the silver bullet, write the book, and you'll be rich. <laughs> Speak at every conference. Yeah, but it comes. It comes down to discernment. It comes down to a healthy prayer life. It comes down to having conversations with the the leaders in your life and the people that you trust. And I have come to to see in scripture that um, God most often now speaks in no's and not in yeses. Hmm. Here's what I mean by that. In the Old Testament, God would always say, go here, do this, say this thing. He says to Samuel, you're going to find a young man looking for some goats. And there's going to be a donkey over there and you're going to say this. And it's very positive and it's very, go do this, go here, say that thing. And I feel like that's how we often expect God to speak to us is God will tell me when it's time. But that was before the day of Pentecost. Hmm. And after the day of Pentecost and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, we see a shift where before the Holy Spirit rest on people and there'd be moments where they would have some discernment and God would say, go do this exact thing. And they would do it. After the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, we see Paul in Acts 16, 17, 18, I forget which off the top of my head, telling the story of, we desired to go to this place, but the Spirit of God wouldn't let us. Essentially, God said, no. We desired to go here, but God said, no. We desired to go here, God said, no. So we went over here. And then when they get there, they meet somebody that has a word for them and a vision. And Paul goes, now I know why God wouldn't let us go to those other places. And here's the takeaway from that is that, if you feel like you have prayed through it, you have asked your leaders and you feel like it's time, then go. And if it's not time, God will say no. Right. He, he, will, he will be like, hey, not yet. He will bring something. But I think so many people are waiting for a little angel baby to float <laughs> down and say, here's the will of God for your life. Do you know what the will of God for your life is? It's exactly what we have been talking about here. The will of God for your life is not a location on a map. It's not, do I take this job or that one? It's, God is big enough to be in all of those places. Yeah. The will of God for your life is do something. And if if it's not what I have for you, I'll tell you. Just go do something. So how do I know if it's time? Pray, listen, stop yep. talking all the time. Listen, let God speak. And I would say, if you're not hearing anything, and, and I maybe this will set some of you free. If you don't hear silence, that doesn't mean don't do anything in my life. When I don't hear anything from God, I'm like, all right, here we go. Hmm. God, he gave us the indwelling of the Holy spirit. He gave us intellect discernment. And so if I'm getting off track, he'll tell me. Yep. And I feel like the story of our church and the story of probably so many churches is people asking the Lord. And if you don't hear anything, it doesn't paralyze us. We just keep going as if the mission was normal. Yep. And if, and if you're getting out of line Somebody will tell you a trusted voice in your life will tell you your pastor will tell you the Lord will tell you. Um, but I would say, yeah, pray through it. Talk to somebody. And if you're not hearing a no, go for it, baby.
1: I I love it. And to me, if you do hear a no and your leader tells you a no, um, to me, what you do in the meantime is you stay faithful right where you're at. Pillar. Don't move. Stay planted. Don't move. Build your church great it's okay to bury your dream our god is the god that resurrects dead things yes. and and if if you if you let it die to you and are faithful about your church if he wants you doing it he is well able Come on. to bring that thing to life to bring life on it to to bring it about in his timing and for his purpose and if there's any years you feel like you had to sit and wait on it and quote-unquote wasted, which I don't think they're wasted at all, but you, you feel like all that, just realize he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly, he can make up those years in a in a moment yeah. of effectiveness and influence. Mm-hmm. So maybe the goal at all wasn't just doing more, the goal was to... It was to do the will of the Father and hear those words, well done, my good and faithful Mm. servant. So anyways, thanks, Josh. We love you. Love having you on here. I'm going to drag you you. into a bunch of episodes. do it. Season two. Mm.
0: Let's do it. Keep this character going.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If this podcast has resonated with you, I want to encourage you to help us by becoming a podcast ambassador. Help us by sharing the podcast with your team or even someone who doesn't yet know about Uh, the Leading Second podcast. Also, I'd encourage you to leave us a rating or a comment. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Well, Leading Second, we love you. We're praying for you. So thankful for you and all you do for your church, all you do for your pastor. Until next time, let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together.
0: For more information, check out leadingsecond.com or join us on the Leading Second Forum on Facebook.